Yo, I put it like wow, this that sound These oaks don't work hard like me, I hope they know by now Bam, bam, stand my ground Throw these money trees, go overseas like Percy Tau I make sure you stay around, quiet when I'm under loud No negatives allowed, me positivity took a vow I always play to win, don't anticipate loss Mind always in the clown, my boy Never think about the drop, never ever ever think about the drop Welcome to Sports Fans. It is the MKT Show. I'm MKT. A lot of people say, where's the podcast? Consistency is king. Uh, I, I, that was one of the messages I got. Uh, people say, you said Mondays. I was traveling. I was in Spain. You know, people are doing things, aren't you? I'm doing things. I was traveling. I don't know what people want. No, look. There's a story there. <laughs> I went to France. Uh, sorry, I was I was in Spain, and I came back from Paris. Cause South Africa, South Africa, we don't have a direct flight to Madrid anymore. But anyway, probably a different story. But I'll tell you the story as to why there was no podcast yesterday. But I'll also tell you a couple of other stories about my travels. <laughs> one, maybe, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that one will go. Cause I think he might listen to the podcast not sure but the other is air france oh my goodness got to tell you about that and then tell you a little bit about spain and then today i'm going to talk chelsea um obviously they've just sacked graham potter so we'll talk a bit of potter my thoughts there and who should who the next manager options should be and then we'll talk man united they got beaten by newcastle and a lot of people were upset at me for saying um, Eric Ten Hag was a mistake, right? I said that I said that like three weeks on the pod, three weeks ago, I think, four weeks ago maybe, on the podcast. But they lost and they lost badly, and they lost badly. So I'll talk about my thoughts on Eric Ten Hag, Man United, and everything that is. Remember, you can get a hold of me if you'd like to get your email read out. I got a really cool one. <laughs> Uh, from an Arsenal fan, another Arsenal fan. People say I'm not giving Arsenal enough love. Um, got a really cool email from an actual scientist, by the way, which is, and I did reply to him. I I said I'll I'll reply uh, properly because it was a very cool message. But if we've got actual scientists listening to this podcast, this world is in trouble because I am many things, but I should not be blasting into the ear holes of actual scientists. Those are people who are building models that will hopefully help our economies grow and be sustainable. They should not be listening to me. I'm an idiot who just talks into a microphone about the one thing he loves, which is sport. So if you're an actual scientist and you're listening to this, you need to question your life decisions. That's what I'm saying. But thank you for listening anyway. Every listen helps. It's been awesome. Uh, really, really supportive human beings since I brought the podcast back. Wasn't expecting this response, by the way. Was not. Totally. So, yeah, keeps me going. So, you are going to be listening to this. The earliest you'll be listening to this is on Tuesday, the 4th of April. Um, yeah, 
good for you. Well done for finding this podcast. If, it's, if you're a new listener, where the hell have you been? If you're an old listener, welcome back. Congratulations, your ears still work. Now that's good. All right. And if, you, if you'd like me to maybe read out your um, mail or have an opinion on something personal, happy to do it. Not an agony aunt style, because I'm going to give an opinion instead of just go, um, I just think love comes to you at the right time in life. If you're a dickhead, I'm going to say it. I'm not scared to say you're a dickhead. You know? So my sister's moving to Paris, right? She's moving to France tomorrow, actually. Um, and one of her friends, who's very, very funny, was with us at dinner um a sort of a farewell dinner and she was saying you can't say people are short you can't say people are tall you can't say people are fat i'm like i say people are fat all the time i had a very awkward conversation with somebody who's my friend about six weeks ago i'm like dude you're getting fat he was a little bit upset and i, I put it in those words because with something like that i don't have the time to worry about whether the girl you like didn't text you back for six years or you got out, you broke up in a relationship and now you're fat. If you're my friend, I'm going to cut to the core. Just as a lot of my friends with me, which I really, really appreciate, cut to the core with me across life, by the way. Not just, I mean, <laughs> in, my, in my defense, the one thing I do take care of is my body, you know? Like... So they can't really attack me there. I'm very, very fit. I'm I'm not like in stellar shape. I, you know what I've got? I've got I've got a weird guy body. And by weird guy body, I mean I'm shaped like a runner. So it's exomorph um, is uh, the biological term, exomorphic. But you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm shaped like a runner. So there's not there's there isn't an ounce of fat on me. But I'm not like muscular guy. So I'm like I'm in like reasonable shape. Got a six pack going, obviously. I mean, what are we doing? Let's I mean, let's it, it, and it's not, hey, I'm skinny guy, six pack. Work hard on the core, you know what I mean? But I look after my body really well. But but I'm I don't think I don't think any anybody who's attracted to men is looking at my body going, Oh, I'd like a piece of that or whatever. I've got pretty thick thighs going. Don't know, what is this turning into now? <laughs> this, this, what's that turning into Fifty Shades of Grey here? I'm not advertising myself. I'm just, I'm just trying to say I'm very, very realistic about what I look like. So I can say what other people look like because I've said before and I said to her, I'm honest with myself. So I don't mind when people are honest with me and I can be honest with others. So I'm always like... I'm a four to a six and a half in terms of looks. And I told her this. On a good day, right angle, in the right light, I'm a six and a half. Sense of humor maybe pushes me to a seven and a half. If I ever get uber wealthy one day, I'm capping out at an eight and a half. Like I'm not a... I don't think I'm particularly mean. I don't think I'm particularly nice. You know, I'm like a seven and a half out of ten. I don't really like, I don't shout anymore. I've got a, so, so what I do have, and thank God I've got it under control, is I have a very, 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 very bad temper. 
and I lost my stuff in America with um, some scam artist that I met, I met there. It was the first time in sort of 10 years, right, that I'd lost my, 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 like completely lost my rag and just lost my temper. But I've got a very bad temper, but I've got that under control and have done for sort of 15 years now with real coping tools and professional help. So it's not like I just, I'm some divine creature who figured out how to control anger, you know. I asked a friend of mine. She didn't make me pay, but we worked on it. We worked on it in my 20s. Did not help with the boozing, though. I was big into the boozing. Anyway, my point was to this girl, I'm honest with myself so I can say someone's fat and I don't feel bad. Because if they say, you're stupid and they're an actual scientist, like the one guy who emailed me, I go, yes, compared to you, I probably shouldn't exist. Like, you're right. I am stupid. All I am is a chemistry undergrad. You're an actual scientist. That's impossible. My sisters did that. I know how difficult it is. She's an actual scientist and a statistician. Got an honors in that whole thing. So, you know, let's just be honest with one another, especially if we care about one another. So I said to this girl who was with us at, at dinner, I said, I absolutely told my friend that he was fat. Guy got upset. And he didn't speak to me for a while. He he actually contacted me while I was in Spain. Said, bro, what, what do we need to do here? After he got over his emotions. Like one thing I'm not, like I know it sounds kind of cool when people say, oh, whatever, I don't care. Like we all care a little bit what people think. But, but I'm not really an emotional person. I don't know if I've told the story before, but an elite athlete I know, uh, I was driving back with her from a from a pretty prestigious race last year and she said something to me because I'd always felt alone in this sense. <laughs> I always thought, do I not care enough about stuff? Because I don't get very emotional about much, you know? And she said these magical words, like, I don't feel like I care enough about anything. I mean, she's an elite athlete, so she cares about that. But, but she said, yeah, she, like nothing makes her feel the way she sees other people feel. And I felt that so much. So when I say to my friend, you're fat, I don't go, oh my God, I'm such a bad person. I'm like, objectively speaking, that person is fat. If they get upset with me and they say, you're weird body guy, I'm not going to get upset. I am a weird body guy. What are we doing here? Do you know what I mean? So anywho, guy kind of got back to me. I was right. He's getting very fat and he does listen to this podcast. But he's my friend. I don't have time for my friends to have heart attacks. I, I genuinely love this guy. He's one, of the, he's one of the greatest human beings I've ever met. He's in the top five human beings I've ever met on this planet. But he, he was getting very fat. I told him what to do. And we're going to put him under some real pressure where I'm going to be checking up on him. And he's working with a trainer that I recommended because I know he's going to make... It, in two years' time, this guy will be in the shape of his life. And I don't know if that's going to make him any happier. You know, my sister's first question was, when I told, I was telling the story, by the way, what was the guy going through? I said, I don't care what he's going through. He's going to have a heart attack. Imagine going through death. That's the worst thing. So we can, we can deal with the, it turns out, as always with guys, by the way, ladies, generally when guys get fat or 
there's a body augmentation or there's a car that they need to buy, blah, blah, blah. It's usually because they're heartbroken. Uh, it, he's not gay. Could be a guy. Could be a guy. Could be a guy. It's 2023. In this guy, in this case. And I do know the girl that broke his heart. I didn't realize, actually, that they were in conversations. Oof. And he, he definitely listens to the podcast. But being that fat... I mean, he's always been a plumpier guy. I've always kind of, <laughs> I mean, I've always kind of teased him. He's he's always been a plumpier guy. He never had a shot. Like she's also making good money and, she, yeah, she's making lots and lots of money and is very good looking. He never had a shot. But now, maybe after he's gotten over his emotions, he's going to get in the gym Two years time, she's a bit of a workaholic because I know her. I know her brother, and I know her family, and I know her. I don't know her that well, but I know her, and I know her mindset. I'm betting in two years time when he's in the shape of his life, he's got a shot then because he's a nice guy. He's making lots of money, but he's a fatty right now, and I know her brother. There was no way. I know the family. He had no shot. Let's just be honest. Anyway. Basically, I can be mean to people because I'm quite mean to myself in the sense that I hold super high standards. In the physical sense, intellectually, I'm not sure I could compete with most of the world. Anyway, so that's an opening rant, which I did not expect to have. You know, hey, listen, if you love your friends and they're getting fat, tell them they're fat. Don't worry about the emotional stuff. Don't let the PC world bully you. If you don't, if you think being going to your friend and saying, "Hey, you're getting fat is bad," just wait till they have a heart attack. J- just wait till we have to chop their arm off because they got blood clots because they're too fat or something like that. Lifestyle diseases, real thing, people. Real thing. And there you are, trying to, trying to protect their feelings when you could have protected their heart, quite literally. And, if, and by the way, by the way, if your friends have no chance with a girl, tell them. Ladies, I'm not speaking for you. I don't know how ladies roll, because I don't know what ladies are looking for. You know, maybe it's money, looks, whatever. We're all people, we have our needs. I don't judge anybody, by the way. If you're after money, do your thing. Do your thing. Got no problem with gold diggers. They got to do what they got to do. Guys and girls, by the way. But if your mate has no shot with somebody, let, let's stop the nonsense. Let's stop the nonsense. Because all that's going to happen is the good-looking person who knows and loves their attention, generally that other person's doing well and they think money will help them catch up to that good-looking person. And not really. They'll get sort of dragged along. I've seen it. I've seen it. One or two holidays here. You're doing well. Let you pay for everything. All of a sudden, we're eating five-star restaurants. And I'll let you look behind the curtain. You know, as guys, we're like, has anything happened? Everyone knows what that means. No, 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 we're waiting. She's blah, blah, blah. No, she's not. She's dragging you along. So if you're a good mate as a guy, just be real with your, with your mates. Like, 
uh, some of us we we don't have a shot with like super hot girls. And I I know there's a lot of guys listening to this. Oh, if you really are confident or whatever, you can get any girl. Mm, no, you can't. Some guys don't have it. Some guys don't have it. But I've I've had this rant before, so we're not going to go down that lane. Holy smokes, 15 minutes. And it's been about my weird body and me fat shaming a friend. It's not fat shaming. He is fat. He is, but he won't be in two years. Do you know what I mean? And shaming works. So, you know, I feel a bit ashamed academically compared to my sister. She has a master's and studied in French from undergrad. I failed two years of, of an undergrad in English. And my dad's a chemical engineer. If anything, I should know chemistry like the back of my hand. You're laughing. So next to my sister, complete moron. My mom's a doctor, no big deal. You know what I mean? How about the pressure on me? How about my family academically shaming me by overachieving? How about that? I'm the victim here, not my fat friend. All right, let's get into the show. Listen, if you want me to read your emails, or you, you hate the show, hate me, you think I should jump off a bridge or whatever, mkt at the mktshow.com or at mkt inspires on the socials or at the mkt show on all platforms. Slide in the DMs, wide open. I will answer it. I will have an opinion. If you want it on the show, I can do it anonymously. If you want your name mentioned, happy to do that. Slide in the DMs. Anything, by the way. Happy to have an opinion on anything. But what I know most is sport. All right, let's get into the show. The MKT show. Bloody hell. 17 minutes of this nonsense. If you're still listening at this stage, that's on you. Because this is a rubbish. A rubbish podcast. Absolutely. What am I waffling on about? This is rubbish, right? Absolute tosh. Anyway, if you're still here, 17 minutes, 30 seconds in. Bloody hell. Well, there'll be an intro. So maybe 18 minutes in. You're 18 minutes in. You're still listening to this. You're the problem. you got to ask yourself, what do I like about this guy? Am I sick in my mind? Yeah. Hey, be mean to your friends. It's fine. Be mean to your friends. It is. Is fine as long as you get the result you're looking for. Good or bad. Good or bad. The guy never had a chance. All right, let's move on. Listen, I want to tell you about my trip quick. Just like some quick touch points. Air France is the worst, the worst airline I've ever been on. The worst. So I flew to Spain, but starts off in Paris and then goes to to Madrid our flight there first and foremost so we land right and then it's a pretty tight sort of changeover we get there our flight's delayed okay so on that delayed flight it's like okay cool we'll take the delayed one the next one coming then we get to the next flight which was the one for the delayed flight and they say oh your bags didn't make it here like what do you mean Okay, cool. So now we're going to wait for another flight. Another flight to get on, which is two hours delayed on top of the other one and a half hour delay flight. 
because we were like, no way. And they still lost my travel partner's bag. So Air France, not only did we delay two flights, it took us 19 hours in the end. 19 hours to get to Madrid. 19 hours. We had Chinese compatriots uh, for the reason I was there. They took 21 hours from China. We might as well have come from China. Might as well be Chinese delegates to La Liga, mate. Yes, I was there for La Liga. No big deal. Don't really want to get into that. It was incredible. So Air France. Also, Air France, what are we doing? The, you know, if you live in 2023, right? I just got a nice new cell phone. I, I think I'm so cool, by the way. Like, oh my goodness. I, I've become a bit of a nightmare with this phone. So I'm, I'm actually kind of flicking through the phone now. Uh, and, and it's not a phone. It's an S22 Ultra. It's a way of life. And I've got a USB-C to USB-C charger because it's 2023, right? Air France still has USB chargers. That's the only option. Now, I wasn't cattle class. I don't know what rich people are doing. I'm not rich. I like, you know. I mean, I'm not destitute under a bridge. This microphone and I are in a, a, a humble abode. I'm, I'm somewhere between... A guy under, just above a man under a bridge and just below, I don't know, a tech CEO. Somewhere there in the middle class, scrambling at the end of the month to pay my bills. That's me. That is me. So I can afford a half-decent phone. I'd like a USB-C to USB-C connection. What are Air France doing? What are we doing? They've still got they've still got a freaking you what you call it USB. What are we doing? Everyone has an, a half decent cell phone now. Get a USB C. Get a USB C connection. So that was another downer. And I don't eat airplane food again. That's why I'm not fat. Like I'm very careful with my diet. So you know, I just want to say about Spain. Everything was awesome. Madrid's awesome. La Liga, mint, absolute, five-star, the way they treated us. I, I might even do a podcast on that, just on that. Uh, I'll decide. But they just treated us like gold, absolute, oh, just unbelievable. Five-star organization, La Liga. And again, the, I do work in a company that has them as a client. I'm, but I'm not saying it from, the, I have no reason to be biased. And I'm the type of person, even if I have to work with you, if you were crap. I would say they were crap, but just stellar, super professional, super slick. I've been to lots of these sort of conventions in my life. It was essentially a four-day convention with La Liga. Every day was slick, and, and it was a lot of people, you know. We're talking sort of people from 11 countries, right? But our whole setup sort of involved, I'd say, about 50 people to make it work. You know, in and amongst people presenting, people from certain clubs in Spain. It was about 50 people. And there's lots of moving locations. We're going to different lunches. They're really treating us. Speaking of lunch, Spanish food is dreadful. Spanish people eat like peasants. I mean, we went to the place that Real Madrid players apparently eat at. Um, and, you know, oh, I, it's like 
no, no, this is this is terrible food. And I've been to Spain lots, but when I used to go before, I used to go with drunken delinquent tendencies. And the last time I went, I just went to go watch uh, Real Madrid against Barcelona. Um, so I, I wasn't really going for such fine things like cuisine. Well, Spanish people, your fruit is dog show. Firstly, let's start there. Dog show. But they don't know that. Because I had, I, listen, I've got quite a few Spanish friends that I accumulated by, from living in Europe and, and travel. And they always think their food's the best. I'm like, have you not been to Argentina? And then to Argentine people, I say, have you not been to South Africa? Because I tell everyone, South Africa has the best food in the world. We have the best food in the world. Because we, we can grow everything here, right? And what's incredible to me is we actually export our really good food. This is what people keep telling me. Our great fruit, we never taste it. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I, I went to a store in Madrid. And obviously organic store. I mean, what are we doing? You don't become a weird body guy with a six pack um, if you're not eating good food, right? I, wherever I go, I try and find good food. Hate hotel food. No hotels have good food except the one and only at the waterfront in Cape Town. But hotels generally have tosh food, don't they? Oh, bloody hell. The one and only in at the waterfront is the only restaurant in the or, or the only hotel in the world, I'd say, that has great food. Anyway, Spanish people eat like peasants. We went to a place where we were told the King and Florentino Perez and Real Madrid players eat there. That is food I expect at Spur. No jokes. What they do serve is incredible portions, by the way. Listen, everything's 44 portions, 44 servings in Spain. There is no, excuse me, can I just have a steak? No, you've got to have three meals before you try and have a 350-gram steak. Although, their steaks, I had a steak at a, at a, somebody told me it's the creme de la creme in Spain. I made this mistake in America again. Again, I wouldn't serve that at Spur. In South Africa, if you don't know what Spurs, it's it's where you take children to eat. Children with undeveloped taste buds. That's where you take them to eat. If you're a grown-up and you've been making money for 10 years, you shouldn't be eating at Spur. And if you're a guy and you take a girl for a date at Spur, you deserve to be dumped. I hope she dumps you and goes, this guy's an animal. And you know what? I come from a poor family. Right, 99% of my family is poor. So you're not going to play that card on me that it's a treat for some people. No, you've been working for 10 years. Right, Stop taking your beautiful wife to spur and telling her it's a treat. It's not. You're a bum. And that's what Spain's creme de la creme is. Got to say it. It's got to be said. You know How are our hermanos from España going to improve? <laughs> that's Spanish. If we don't tell them. Your food's a dog show. Maybe come to South Africa. What they love is the ham and the gammon. Bloody hell. Like, it's not that good, by the way. Like, it's not that good. So, there's that. The trip itself, incredible. The food, tosh. Like a 2 out of 10 for the food. I had to find a health store. Got lots of healthy snacks. But the apples, even that. Organic apples I got, rubbish. Rubbish. Not as good as what we have 
at Woolworths here, which isn't the best, really, that we've got in South Africa. Like, that's upper middle is what you get at Woolworths. So, there's that. Bloody hell, half an hour in. What is this, a travel podcast? Okay, look, I've got to tell a story as well. Like, I'm sorry, this has become a ridiculous podcast. I am going to talk football, but maybe this has happened to you as a as a guy or a girl. So, like I told you, the last time I was in Madrid, um, so I stopped drinking in 2013. So back then, 2011 was the last El Clasico where I went and we, we, we properly sent it. <laughs> like proper sent it. But 2016 is the last El Clasico I've been to. Right? In Madrid. I wasn't drinking then. And I saw my mate, uh, who I've known since 2000. I met him in 2009 in South America. I won't say his name. And, and I'm not sure if he listens to the podcast. But... I just thought I had to, I'd have to say this, and I think it's important if you're a good person to warn your male friends about this. Again, ladies, I don't know about what's going on in your world, but he wasn't in town, and I met up with his sister, who I'd met obviously on and off. They'd come to visit South Africa, and but when I last saw her, she was sort of that that awkward age where girls are growing, seventeen, eighteen, I think. As of 2016, uh, that was seven years ago. What he hasn't told me is that his sister is literally a model in Madrid. So, she's literally a model in Madrid. And he didn't tell me she looked like that. It was very awkward. Like, she was so nice. But it's like, oh my goodness, you look like $480 trillion dollars. And your brother hasn't warned me about this. Now, a lot of people are going to say, yes, but it'll be Game of Thronesy weird if he said anything. Like, come on. We all know if our siblings are good looking. Like, come on. Like, I've heard people say my brother's good looking or my sister's good looking. You don't have to pervert it. Like, he could have said, hey, like, because I didn't know. Like, I don't chat to my friends' sisters like that. I I try and be a good person in that sense. But bloody hell, maybe a heads up. Because (laughs) luckily I couldn't go out that night and she was going out with her model friends. Now, a lot of guys are going to judge me for that. But I literally, I I, I was going to conventions that are 10 hours long. No, not quite 10 hours. It was like 9 till 5. But anyway, she is, her job is to look like she looks. And she's done that for like 3 or 4 years. So, now... I guess everybody's wondering, did you tell him this? I called him immediately. So in the middle of um, Madrid is a park called Park de Madrid. I think it's called. It's literally Madrid Park or whatever. Or Park of Madrid, whatever. I, I don't really speak Spanish, believe it or not. Tough to tell, I know. While I'm walking home, because it was like, the Spanish eat at like 10 o'clock, by the way. At this stage, it's like midnight. I called him immediately. He was in London. I called him. I said, dude. And when I called him, he knew exactly what I was. He knew. And he laughed. And we laughed. You know, he knew. Because he's a guy. He knew exactly why I was calling. He knew. So if you're a friend and your sibling happens to 
go from 18 to I guess she's like what 25 now so I don't know 2016 how's my maths there 22 yeah so she's about 25 and becomes a model in Paris or excuse me in, in Madrid tell your friends give them a heads up if your brother or sister is paid for their looks warn people so I was, I was uh I was unhappy and happy at the same time about that. No, I'm not going to call her. And I do have her number now. So now it's very awkward. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this. Because now, th- then it's really going to be awkward. Because next time, I mean, he's he's one of my one of my closest friends. It's going to be awkward. But I did tell him, I literally texted him earlier that this was going to be on the podcast. So yeah, I just thought I'd share that. Let me know. At MKT Inspires. Am I a bad person? Am I a bad person for phoning him? I phoned him immediately after dinner. We did the double kiss thing. Did I hold the hug a little bit longer? Maybe. I can't remember. (laughs) She looks like $4.8 trillion. Madness how good looking she is. Like madness. Wow. And he didn't warn me. Am I a bad guy? Let me know, at MKT Inspires, should you warn your friends if your sibling is one of the best looking people on the planet? Like, should you do that? Just like, hey, heads up. Like, don't overreact when you see her in this case. But you're about to see a sculpture. Like the height of humanity. Like that's what people should look like. And you don't warn me. So that happened to me. I'm not going to say his name because he might be the person with that name, the only person with that name on my Facebook friends list. So, but yeah, he knows, you know. Anyway, at MKT Inspires, at the MKT Show, should you warn your friends if if your sibling is a stunner? I think you should. I think you should. All right, we, we okay. This is madness. We're half an hour in. Let's talk. Let's talk sport. Spain was amazing, by the way. It was amazing. I learned so much. Really looking forward to going back there. Um, who knows? Maybe next time it'll be forever. Maybe not to Spain, but next time I travel, who knows? Who knows? All right, Chelsea Sack, Graham Potter. Let's get into it. Let us get into it. So look. We've all been on holiday, right? And met someone, guy or girl. But I'll, I'll talk to, I try and speak to the girl angle because I'm a guy, a heterosexual guy. You know, we've all met incredible fun girls on holiday, right? We have. But I've always said, don't marry your holiday crush. What are you doing? Does she leave socks on the floor? Is she, you know, and... I don't mean for a woman, for an adult, is she domesticated? Can she clean up after herself as you should be able to do? You know, does she budget? Does she value? Can she do washing? You know, like as grownups, you've got to be able to do washing, man or woman, by the way. Got to learn how to do, use a washing machine. Learn when to shop. You know, learn how to cook. Can can she do this? Can this partner do more than just down Jaeger bombs on beach holidays? 
to marry your holiday crush because you had fun on six holidays where you saw her two weeks a year. It's ridiculous. Grow up. Isn't that what Grandpa Potter felt like? Because like, you, you play Brighton once a year, right? Chelsea play Brighton once a year. So you see him, you see the football, you're like, oh my goodness gracious. This is the person of my dreams. That's Graham Potter. Holiday crush. Holiday crush. Here's the reality though. I'll come back to Graham Potter. Chelsea made two horrible decisions. And, you know, my father always used to say to me, it's okay to make mistakes. What you cannot do is make a mistake and then the next decision is a mistake that makes that mistake even worse. Chelsea made two horrible mistakes in a row. And Graham Potter isn't even the worst mistake. So not only did they get rid of the board in Bruce Buck, Marina and Peter Cech, but they went and sacked Tuchel as well. Those are two separate cataclysmic errors. Absolutely horrendous mistakes. You cannot make a mistake in life, right? And then go and compound it by doing something worse. Tell you what, don't divorce your wife and then go and sleep with her sister. Turns out your wife was fine. You are the problem. Like they're, they're, These are the things that people do, right? You cannot make a decision in life and realize the mistake and then compound it. And Chelsea have gone and done this. Todd Bully has done exactly that. Fired the board and Thomas Tuchel within three months. What is he doing? Those who don't know, I'm a diehard Chelsea fan. You know, a mentor of mine said something very interesting about the Chelsea situation. He's a big football fan. And I say mentor, he's known me my whole life. Mentor's, mentor's a crap word, but he's somebody I go to when I, when I really have to make big, big decisions. And I'm making one or two at the moment. So we're spending a lot of time on the phone and via text. But he said in his career, he's one of the most successful people economically South Africa's ever seen. Right, and the numbers don't lie. But he said he doesn't he never ever considered CEOs below the age of fifty, even when he was because he was a an early sort of bloomer. Even when he was below the age of fifty, he never considered CEOs. Just just for that role, just for the CEO role, never considered a CEO below the age of fifty, which I found very, very interesting. But he said, emotionally speaking, people aren't ready and trustworthy below the age of 50. His father taught him that, so he, he's carried that on. Because let's be honest, uh, Grand Potter was never ready for this job. He managed in Sweden and Brighton and then Chelsea. Are you joking? It was never going to work. They made too many mistakes. And I've always said nobody. There are very few people who can overcome chaos. And Chelsea was chaotic. They just poisoned the owner a couple of weeks ago. A couple of months ago. There were Russian sanctions. There were talks that players wouldn't get paid. The People loved Roman Abramovich. You love him or not. The players loved him. He is the club. He's shaped Chelsea as it is. 
He's an idol and an icon. He left. Hey, listen. I know people who've had father figures leave them in life. It is not easy. Potter's not a top six manager. Stop it. And let me address one more concern. Todd Bully has what I hate in owners. I've always said. The holy trinity for football clubs. Owners with deep pockets who don't meddle. An A-class manager and an A-class squad. Todd Bully starting to worry me. He meddles. He doesn't just let the money do its thing and have football people do their job. Doesn't help when you fire those people. Let's see whether with, with his new crew he'll allow them to do that. I do not like where it's trending though. And my father used to say, start how you intend to go on. I do not like how this has started at all. Love the signings. Love what he's done there. Committing the money. Hate how he's conducted himself as an owner. He's too front and center. I do not like that. It's not his expertise. Rich people do this all the time, right? They think because they're successful in tech, they'll know how to be successful in making prams. Just an example. Like, Todd, you're an investment banker, mate. You are not a football person. You're not. I I resent owners who think that they can meddle and be front and center. The beauty of Roman Abramovich was he never meddled. Here's the money, here's the resources, I'm out the way. Uh, I will pivot though, if I see it going wrong. Potter's not a big six manager. Stop it, not yet, probably never. Here's the reality. I told you my mentor said, below 50 is too young. Folks, there's a reason Real Madrid always go back to grown-ups. Who would I get as the next manager? For me, it would be Jose Mourinho. I'd approach Carlo Ancelotti or Luis Enrique. Simple as. Those are my three candidates. There's nobody else out there right now. There's nobody else out there now. Get an adult in the room. For me, it would be Jose. Get a hold of that dressing room and wrestle some of that power away. Too many superstars, too many, too much crying, too much Mason Mount leaking stuff to the media. Let me tell you something. I played football. I know what the football industry is like. If something gets out, it's because somebody wants it out. It's either the agent leaking, the player leaking it, or a friend of a friend leaking it through a player. Trust me, I know how it works. I know how it works. The Mason Mount news, all of that nonsense, that stuff doesn't get out under Jose. No chance. No chance. Enrique, Ancelotti, Jose Mourinho. I don't want to hear any other names. Anybody says Julian Nagelsmann, I get sick. Not for Chelsea. Not for now. Love to know what you think. At at MKT Inspires. Slide in the DMs. Who who should Chelsea hire in your mind and why? MKT at the MKTshow.com Alright, let's get into a, a topic which I spoke about last uh, couple of weeks ago. I really, really think Man United have um, continued to make the same mistakes since 2012, since the greater Alex Ferguson, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame. All right, surefire Hall of Famer. Since letting him go, um, they've just continued to make the same mistake. 
It's just incredible to me to see. Hysterical, actually. But here's something I've had to learn in my life. Talent doesn't make up for character. When you lose character, talent can't actually fill that gap. Not long term anyway. If you don't believe me, Cristiano Ronaldo was let go last year. Um, Man United broke their transfer record. 220 million pounds they spent in a window. Sold Cristiano Ronaldo. You, You know, a lot of life is perception. Don't know how you live your life, but a lot of my life is perception. How do I perceive something to be? It's where I'll spend my money. And ultimately, that's what matters. Will people spend their money? But a lot of life is perception. Will you date her? Will you date him? Will you introduce him to your parents? You know, what will people think? If I'm dating him, if I'm dating her, what are people going to say? If I have this job, is is that a good leader? You don't really know. Do I perceive them to be a good partner? Do I perceive them to be a good leader? Is actually what you should be saying. And nothing feels elite about Manchester United since Cristiano Ronaldo left. So nobody fears Man United. So getting rid of him was madness when you had... There's nothing elite about Man United now. There is not a single elite player at Manchester United right now. I don't care what you say. Varane and Casemiro were passengers at Real Madrid. It's clear now. By the way, if you don't believe me, Man United are worse this season after spending £220 million. They've conceded more goals and scored less goals, right? After having spent £220 million. Let that one sink in. So they've scored less goals than last season and conceded more goals and spent £220 million. Varane and Casemiro are not elite. Stop it. Stop. It's because you're going from McTominay to Casemiro. It feels, the jump feels massive. Casemiro is lukewarm. He's left Real Madrid and they're fine. He's not Claude Makelele. He's not Tony Chris. He's not Luka Modric. They're elite. They are legendary. Nobody thinks Casemiro is a legend. No way. Varane was... I mean, you got Sergio Ramos and Marcelo next to you. Who isn't going to flourish in that environment? Peak Marcelo, peak... Sergio Ramos was like three players at his peak. Hysterical. Rafael Varane seems like a nice guy, seems like a great leader, but stop it. Stop it. Run of the mill centre-back. They're worse. They're worse this season than last season. Tell me he's elite. It's nonsense. Spent £220 million on Varane, Casemiro, Malasia, Anthony, Lissandra Martinez, and Dubrovka. You're worse this season, by the way. You're worse. And then you've gone and got a manager who's older than Pep Guardiola, and you're telling me there's room for him to grow. What are you talking about? People say, yeah, but Arteta took time. Arteta is 12 years younger than Eric Tenard. And also, by the way, in Ten Hag's squad, he moved off like six or seven troublemakers. Man United are not moving off Rashford, Shaw, Wan-Bissaka, Bruno, and probably the worst transfer they've ever done. Jaden Sancho is a disaster. 
And by the way, I'm not saying it in hindsight. If you remember, I said when when I saw him in lockdown with the haircuts and the nonsense, I said, oh no, that's a guy who doesn't who has no self-awareness. And if you think it's bad at Dortmund, wait till you get to Man United. Caden Sancho is not good enough. It's two years in now. It's clear what he is. He's a glory boy in a league where you've got to be a man. You've got to be a man. Even W. Silva had to toughen up. And if you're realistic, right, you know David Silva is three, four times the player Jaden Sancho is. You know that. And even David Silva was getting stuck in. Jack Grealish has had to grow up fast. And Sancho is not as good as Jack Grealish. I don't care what you say. 73 million pounds. But that's not their worst mistake. Eric Ten Hag is. Eric Ten Hag's a big, big mistake. But you're making the same mistake over and over. You're making the same mistake over and over again. Van Gaal was a mistake. David Moyes was a mistake. Mourinho at the time of signing was a mistake. What's Eric Ten Hag done? It's not contagious because he was the assistant to Pep Guardiola. Success isn't contagious like that. You've actually got to be elite yourself. I've not seen anything from Eric Ten Hag to say he's elite. Man United are worse this season than they were last year. I'm not sure what people aren't understanding about that. The Carabao Cup, do me a favor, Birmingham won that trophy. If I'm Manchester United, I would move on now because here's what I always say to people. If you're a six, date to six. If you're an eight, date an eight. You know why I say that? If you're a six and you date an eight, the tension you're bringing into the relationship is a two on top of the complexity of normal relationships. Man United are a four right now. They're a four. They just happen to be a trust fund kid. Therefore, what I would do right now is like Arsenal had to do 19 years later, rip the Sir Alex Ferguson armband off. That band-aid still hasn't been ripped off. I feel like they're still living in those days, still mentioning Fergie. Arsenal did it for 19 years and eventually Mikel Arteta brought out the guillotine. Right? I would go after Julian Nagelsmann now, but you have to be patient. Because what you have to do is get rid of De Gea. He's not good enough to be in modern day football. Stop telling me about his shot stopping. That's why you're a top six club. Man United aren't making top four this year. Because you've got David De Gea who can't pass the ball from the back. What are we doing? You can't have Brighton have a better goalkeeper than you. You can't. Not at this level. You cannot have Brighton and possibly Aston Villa and Newcastle have a better goalkeeper than you. The shot-stopping thing doesn't work. That's why Spain don't pick him either. David, David De Gea couldn't bloody pass, pass a sandwich. Can't have that. Don't give me a shot-stopper. So that's got to go. Juan Bissaka's got to go. There's so much mediocrity. Luke Shaw, I see you just signed a new contract. I, I, don't, I don't love it. But okay, you live with him. Scott McTominay's got to go. Sancho's got to go. Right? 
I don't understand the Rashford thing. I would probably look to move him on while there's some value there. He's injury prone and I don't see it. He's no better than St. Max, man. Be, be honest. Is he? Is he better than Ollie Watkins? Is Marcus Rashford? Like, like don't, please don't take, don't make the exception the rule. Don't make the last six months what he is. Just go and look at the numbers. Is Marcus Rashford better than Ollie Watkins? He's Ollie Watkins with better PR. And he feeds the kids. That's what the numbers tell you. Don't get emotional about it. And Rashford's, what, six or seven years into his career? I'm still not sure what he is. Which lets me know he's not elite. Because if you're elite, they don't move you, by the way. They, they don't move Gareth Bale. You don't move Jack Grealish. <laughs> he is... You don't move Bernardo Silva. Right? You don't move Kai Havertz. You don't move top talent. Doesn't happen. You don't move Gabriel Jesus. You don't move these elite talents. If you're the guy in a position, we don't move you. We move other people. Rashford on the left, up front. You've got to move off these people. You've got to move off these people. But the guillotine has never dropped at Manchester United because there's still that Fergie thing, just like Arsenal had the Wenger thing. It's McTominay doing it at Manchester United. Stop. Stop it. Varane shouldn't be there. But okay, you've made that mistake. It's a sunken cost now. But one Bissaka, Lindelof. David De Gea, what are these people still doing at an elite club? But what you've got is a mediocre manager who had one incredible season at Ajax, which happens all the time, and they play they play nobody in their league, so they're always ready for Champions League. Alright? I would move off him now because what happens in the summer is that Julian Nagelsmann's not going to be available. And then you're stuck with a manager who's really out of date. Bite the, bite the bit now. Bite down now if you're Man United. Grow up. Drop the guillotine. And bring in Nagelsmann and allow him to be absolutely ruthless like Arsenal did over three or four windows. And just accept that, listen, Man United are now a top six club, right? That's what they are. In the teens, you would have to say, post-Fergie, they are a Europa League club. That's what you are now. And you're going to make the Europa League again this year. And you're going to break the transfer record again next year. And you're going to be the Europa League. Because you are allowing nonsense to stay at the club. What, what is David Gea still doing at Man United? And they gave him another contract like two years ago. He is an, he's seriously an analog clock in a digital time. You cannot have your goalkeeper not be a playmaker in modern day football. And he's got to move the ball quickly. David De Gea, it's embarrassing. Shot stopping, that's his job. Elite shot stopping gets you in the door. You want to get start getting to the top six sides? Well, you see what... The, go to every keeper in the top six. Right? Allison is a much better shot stopper than David De Gea. Much better shot stopper. And he could play hold a bloody holding mid in the Premier League. Edison, I'm not even going to go to. The shot stopping thing, that's your job, mate. That's like if you go to university, you've got to have entrance marks, right? You've got to have the marks to get into the degree. That's called shot stopping. That's You're keeping the ball out of the goal. Goalkeeper. Stop telling me about elite shot stopping. 
All of them are elite shot stoppers. Bloody, you've seen Arsenal's keeper? That guy's better than Digger. And his ball playing sensational. Edison, are you kidding me? Love the Newcastle keeper. I would fire Eric Ten Hag, and I'm not talking about end of the season. Now. Because Nagelsmann is the last elite one left of the new kids. And Man United right now. Listen, Nagelsmann's probably a little overrated, but I tell you what it is. He feels elite. And you go in on him and you invest because you know there's room to grow there like Arteta. By the way, Eric Ten Hag is what he is now. So you're not, you're not going to see any growth from Eric Ten Hag. This is what he is as a manager. He's 52 years old. This is what he is. He's fully developed. The football's not going to change. His philosophy is not going to change. How he deals with players is not going to change. You're not seeing any better football next year. None of that's happening. It's the Premier League here. This is not Ajax. Man United in big, big trouble. They've made too many mistakes in the transfer market. You cannot be paying $90 million for Anthony. Sorry. Casemiro's over the hill. And Varane is over the hill. Do you, do you know the problem with both of those two is? They missed too many games at Real Madrid. Now they're missing too many games and you actually have to rely on them. Quite frankly, Casemiro was never the linchpin at Real Madrid. If he was, he left. A 19-year-old has replaced him. Things are fine. Varane left and they've got Tony Rude again. Sergio Ramos left and was like, oh no. Oh boy. They still have not replaced him. So, you tell me. The biggest mistake Man United have made is Eric Ten Hag. Forget these terrible signings. What are they doing with a 52-year-old guy? Who, who isn't elite? If you're going to be 52, Luis Enrique, Jose Mourinho, Carlo Ancelotti, if you're going to be in your 50s, be elite already. I, I can't wait for you to become elite at 52. What, are, what is going on on planet Earth? He's got to go. But do it now because Nagelsmann's the last one left. Because what do you do in the summer? It's too late then. You're going to come sixth now, right? Spurs are probably going to finish above you. Because they got Harry Kane and you don't. What are you going to do in the summer? Spend another 200 million. What, where? Where are you going to spend this 200 million? On a striker? What players are going to want to come to the Europa League team? You're going to have to overspend again. And who are you going to get? You lost out on Darwin Nunes. Fire him now. But they won't do it because Man United have been stupid since Fergie left. Making the same mistakes, getting mediocre managers, overpaying for players, and and celebrating mediocre results. I said this on my podcast a couple of weeks ago. He's not doing better than Oli. And people say pandemic season, blah, blah, blah. I saw Oli get to a Europa League final as well. Couple of cup finals. With less money spent. And no Cristiano Ronaldo. Problem about Man United, nothing about them right now. I urge you to tell me, what about Man United is elite right now, even even if it's just perception? Everybody knew Sergio Ramos was the guy, Varane was the left assistant. 
Everybody knew it was Chris. It was Modric. We all knew that. Nobody thought Casemiro held this thing together. He's not Claude Makelele. I'd love to hear your thoughts, MKT Show. Oh, man. It's hysterical, isn't it? Man United fans thinking they're back. They're not making top form. Vote Veghorst. <laughs> Scott McTominay at number 10. Unbelievable. And pe- people keep giving me this, oh, when Casemiro's back, he's going to get suspended again. This league's too fast for him. He's always late to the tackles. If you don't believe me, let's chat again in three in three weeks when he's back. It's not, it's not La Liga, mate. In La Liga, you can hold and sort of just shift across. In the Premier League, these kids are too strong, too fast. This league is too elite now. Moves too quickly. It's too demanding. It's too demanding. It's not a two-team league. It is too demanding. It's real luck, yeah. All right. Well, it was it was a travel show, but I did travel, you know. I did travel. I went to Spain, innit? I met these two great British lads. They were fantastic. They, they were from Great Britain, and they were great, and they were British. So, you know, bloody marvellous, those two. Really, really fun. Met some cool people from Brazil, from China, from Indonesia, from India. Shout out Sean Xavier. He was excellent. Aziz Khan. Those guys were excellent. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you to Madrid. And good to be home, Republic of South Africa. Uh, MKT at the MKT Show. Let me know your thoughts on anything I've said. What do you want to hear about? I probably won't do it because I just want to talk football. Every other sport's a bit of a joke, to be honest. Trying to watch, trying to watch rugby, but it's crap, isn't it? Like I just want to just give me international rugby, like Super Rugby without New Zealand. And, and playing these Northern Hemisphere sides. So like, everyone's trying to like make it a thing. But Leinster and all of these sides, Northern Hemisphere athletes are so crap in rugby. They're like so crap, right? It's, oh my gosh. It's so bad. It's so bad. People trying to oversell Leinster and all this stuff. The rugby in the Northern Hemisphere is so bad to watch as well. Like, there's nothing enterprising about it. Nothing. The Stormers play the best rugby, but... Hey, in the tournament, although I don't watch it, to be honest. It's just so shit. It is so shit. Oh, my Lord. So, international rugby, that's all I care about. Maybe see you in France. My sister's moving there. Shout out to her. She's my hero. Always said that. Really looking forward to that next phase of her life. And I'm so happy for her. Also very happy that I've got a couch for the rugby, right, in September. And then the Olympics next year. Gonna need a couch because it's gonna be very expensive, hellishly expensive to be in France next year. It's gonna be excellent. All right, ladies and gentlemen, remember if you've got a hot sibling, warn your friends in advance before they meet them. That is my takeaway for today. My name is MKT. This has been the MKT show, and for now, I am the hell. I'm